0: Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt.
1: I'm the perfect referee, and I am a Coliseum exclusive.
0: Welcome to episode 207. King of the Ring, 1996. To battle is honor. To win is hell. King of the Ring, 96, guys. This is what dreams are made of here. Truly.
1: To win is hell? (laughs) I don't know. I think it sounds pretty nice.
0: (laughs) I mean, if there was a hell in the cell, maybe that might make sense. They didn't even know what a hell of a cell was at this point. Yeah, we're not quite there yet.
2: Or if, you know... I mean, I get Taker's on the show, but if he was in the actual tournament, perhaps to win as hell. Yes, that makes
1: sense, for sure. Mm -hmm. But putting Taker in King of the Ring is completely pointless. Yeah. (laughs) He's King Taker. Yeah, that'd be really funny. (laughs) The Under King. (laughs) When was the last regular cage match we saw? Was it Bret
0: Hart? Nash, or Diesel, and... And Brett. And Brett, and when Taker comes up. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, when was Last Cage? I was like, I
0: guess that was it. Yeah. They're not super common. No. I mean, they're becoming more common, but not too common as of yet. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the fourth annual King of the Ring pay-per-view produced by WWF, but the 10th overall tournament. It would take place on June 23rd, 1996 from the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mecca lecca hi, mecca hiney ho. With an attendance of 8,762 people. Not
1: bad. It's probably sold out in Wisconsin, right?
0: That's a, a whole lot of... <laughs>
1: close to it.
0: Milwaukeeans.
2: A whole lot of Wisconsinites. What do they call people from Wisconsin? Wisconsinites? I mean, Wisconsinites
0: sounds pretty good. Okay.
2: Yeah. You'll have to ask... Uh,
0: Milwaukeeans. It's probably Milwaukee people.
1: Call Alice Cooper ain't got the number I don't even know if he, I don't think he's from, from <laughs> Milwaukee I just think it's you know Milwaukee seen from uh, Wayne's World yeah uh, but he could be from Wisconsin for all I know
0: uh, is that where that movie takes place
2: if it doesn't take
0: or is it in more- Chicago I'm trying
2: to remember because they show like street signs on the movie I, think, I know they go there for a, a they are concert. in Chicago
1: sounds good it's, it's not
0: I totally didn't mean to like Bring everything to a standstill. I mean,
2: you know. Does it start with
0: a G? Aurora. Aurora. Aurora, there we go. It's Aurora, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I knew it was a town in Nebraska. Geneva was the first thing that came to my mind.
0: Aurora. It's in the Chicago metro area, so it's, like, just outside. Yeah, a suburb of Chicago. All right, so not exactly Wisconsin. No. De- definitely. <laughs> no, no, it is just basically a... It's a day's drive. From Chicago to Milwaukee Cause, I mean, it's a day's
2: drive from here to Milwaukee so. I mean <laughs> Like, it Just doesn't take an that afternoon, long. Drive. Yeah. An afternoon
0: drive afternoon <laughs> drive I mean, true, it is only a day's drive to, From Oklahoma as well but But we're in Wisconsin Yeah, we are So Shane, did you do what you do? I did what I do
2: Yes, we are in Wisconsin, we are in Milwaukee, and fucking King of the Ring 1996. And anybody who follows wrestling knows what happens at King of the Ring 1996. So, while beer would probably be the appropriate beverage to bring, I at least brought something with alcohol. I've got some uh, extended family up in the Wisconsin area, and uh, I made sure to hit them up as soon as I found out we were going there because I wanted some authentic ideas and I got a big list of stuff. Something uh, a
1: little more truthful than a Google search.
2: Yes. Yeah. You can, you can only trust so many best of lists written by random people that you've never met before. Yeah. Um, if anything, I, I feel I can trust, hopefully, trust family when it comes to <laughs> alcoholic matters. But yeah, I was told that the uh, most authentic drink that you have to have is a brandy old-fashioned Wisconsin-style It's, it's basically your, your typical old fashioned. You start off with, it calls for a sugar cube. I didn't want to just buy sugar cubes so I could have three cubes of sugar. So I just used an approximate amount of sugar in a cube, but just the regular old loose sugar, splash some uh, bitters in with it, muddle it around a little bit just to kind of help break up the sugar, mix the flavors together a little bit, tossed in a slice of orange and a uh, cherry into each glass. And then muddled the the fruits into the sugar and bitter mixture and got it to where the sugar was nicely dissolved, added about three fingers of brandy, gave it a nice little stir, put some ice in with it, and then topped it with a uh, a float of Sprite and then a maraschino cherry to garnish. Nice and sweet. You could use uh, any, any kind of float you wanted. You could go fancy and add some bubbly to it you could use some club soda you could use i don't know mountain dew probably <laughs> squirt <laughs> i think yeah. you made a good choice right <laughs> <That's> probably- <laughs> um but yeah super super tasty nice and refreshing pretty in colors it's got nice and orange and pinks and reds and yeah i ain't mad no I was, nice I was, nice I was like, uh, suggestion there jason i was like
1: why does it feel kind of carbonated and then you're like Sprite. sprite
0: splash of the sprite
2: yeah i mean i'm a an old-fashioned fan anyways this is just a, a little sweeter variety of one
1: yeah it's like it's not as uh stiff no. because of
2: these you no. know the sprite in the the recipe was i mean it's a, a video you gotta look <laughs> up let me find his name charlie barons or something like that it's got a youtube video pretty funny but yeah Shout it says
0: charlie
1: is that like a cocktail YouTube show
2: or something? Um, oh. I, that was just the link I was sent of if you're gonna make one you have to follow this recipe. And yeah, it's just a, a funny little tutorial where it talks about if you use bourbon then just what the hell are you doing? Go back to Illinois. Stir your drink <laughs> with a buck knife.
0: Does sound like a Wisconsin <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stir your drink with a buck knife. I didn't have a buck knife, so I just stirred it with a steak knife that I cut the orange with. Mm. Um, That's the buck knife of the prison. Yeah, add a add a float of sprite to it. Otherwise, your granddad will slap you upside the head. Add a a little you know cherry garnish or something to it. Otherwise, grandma's gonna do nothing but say prayers for you at church. Yeah, nice and tasty, refreshing. Thank you, Charlie.
0: Hail to the king. Well, something that would happen right around the same time as King of the Ring, the next weekend. Actually, we would see the Nutty Professor. And striptease both hit theaters. Oh, Sherman, Sherman, Sherman. I've only seen
1: one of these. Guess which one? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You've never seen striptease? I've never seen striptease. Shameful. It was I mean, he was—he was a little bit young for when this movie came out. So. I mean, yeah,
1: I think I saw The Nutty Professor in the theater with my grandmother and um, my cousins. <laughs> it's Probably a good thing that that's the one you saw with your yeah, grandma. My grandma wouldn't have taken me to the striptease.
2: Yeah, I would have, especially a, with my cousins that are younger. A freshman in college at the time, so. It was a little more my my age range, you know. It didn't really do anything for me. You
1: know? <laughs> but but I still enjoyed it, it. Is Striptease Demi Moore? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Demi Moore, Bing Rames. I'm trying to remember who else. I haven't watched it in forever. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds that that's sounds right. pretty wonderful with a cast like that.
0: It is actually a... Pretty good movie. It's like, mm-hmm. is it like fun
2: trash? Yes. That's yeah. all, I'm all about some fun. Well, what's trash. funny is the the previews for it when it first came out. It was it was these like serious previews of you know a struggling mother just trying to make it you know to to be able to afford the good things for her daughter. So uh-huh. you know she's she's doing this little striptease, blah blah blah, her, blah, yeah, blah blah blah. And then you the watch the her. movie and it's this comedy thing. It's like, why the hell are you putting out these these fake promos for it? It's not. It's not a drama. It's not a feel-good, you know, tears at your heartstrings. Yeah. It's, it rips your shirt off and lets you stride across the stage. So maybe, I mean, that, maybe that's so what the, inspired A24. So the guy who so
0: wrote and directed the, the movie, mm-hmm. his he's best known for writing the screenplay for Blazing Saddles, Fletch, and It Could Happen to You.
2: So he's a comedy writer. He's a comedy writer. <laughs> yeah. Total rom-com.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah, I definitely so remember the cover. It's... The cover doesn't make it look like a comedy. Uh-uh. It looks like uh you know, it looks like a horndog movie made for teenagers.
2: Yeah. I mean, which are typically comedies. But... True.
1: Yeah, but this is like kind of before... Yeah. This is pre... It's, it's uh, more the, of like a documentary- the renaissance. And... Yeah, the <laughs> renaissance of uh, the, like, titty comedy with, like, American Pie and then everything that ripped it off after... Or, you know, there was tons of them in the 80s and then... I feel like there was less in the 90s and then after American Pie there was just a sleuth of titty comedies that there were but Tomcats I remember watching Tomcats oh, yeah, Tomcats right, right as I was hitting
0: <laughs> right as I was hitting the age of like I can go see these R-rated movies yeah it's when most of those movies hit
1: <laughs> Nutty Professor was like the last <clears throat> super successful Eddie Murphy movie right because I didn't see the clumps or whatever but Nutty Professor was a certified hit right Nutty
2: Professor was, yes.
1: I mean, I guess
0: it depends on if you count Shrek as, oh, yeah. true. as an true. Eddie Murphy
1: movie. I don't, but he is the best part of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've got Shrek, you've got Mulan.
1: Oh, yeah. He's like the old dragon guy, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I never saw Mulan.
2: But yeah, then it was not a whole lot happening for old, old Eddie until like, oh, he Girls did, he, came did, along. he did
0: live in both Bowfinger uh, after I oh love, yeah Bowfinger
2: I mean
1: Bowfinger's a, a favorite of mine and Life is a Life is like a movie that good just, it's just way too long <laughs> it just I think that it feels so long because you only ever watched it with commercials on TV no I went saw it really the theater because I mean yeah. I
2: was I was old enough to go see it when it came out and yeah maybe that's the the point behind it is even the audience feels like they're doing life behind bars because that movie <laughs> lasted fucking forever I feel like that movie kind of
1: came alive on television like. Shawshank but I mean,
0: basically, Nutty Professor was the first time he—I mean, not the first time because he obviously did it in Coming to Coming to America, but it was where he where to... he played a bunch of different characters, yeah. and that's literally what most of his movies were—was mm-hmm. him just playing like after that different, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was the one where they like went full on fat suit, and I think it might have even
2: got awards for makeup. It might. Have. It was nominated for quite a few things. I know it, it got some some golden globe attention.
0: I mean, it's a it's a remake of a classic of the Absent-Minded Professor, yep, with Jerry Lewis and yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, I, a, I think I, I think he had Flubber that came out the year before this one, so it was the it was also Disney's reimagining of a lot of their yeah. classic movies. It's like what if we take a star and a current star and put it in, you know, an old
0: movie.
1: Definitely saw Flubber too. Oh.
0: Both oh. movies are worth watching. Yes, I mean, am yeah, yeah, gonna I mean, I I I, definitely yeah. say that. Yes, I'm
1: not sure how they hold up now, but you know, I wouldn't shake a stick at.
0: I think striptease you would again. still laugh at, and you would. Find, in my head, find Demi Moore very attractive. Yeah, in my head, striptease is like a less if I'm good. Road
2: remembering out. right, does that one have Janet Jackson? Jada Pickett Smith. Is it Jada? Yeah. yeah. Okay, why am I thinking Janet was in? Maybe. Shit, she, she's. Maybe she's in Nutty Professor too.
1: It could be. Because there is a sequel, right? There it is yeah. a sequel. I think I saw that too. One of them had an Aaliyah song. Rest in peace. That's right.
0: Well, enough about those. Let's, let's talk some wrestling. Let's do it. Let's get to the main event. Well, not the main <laughs> event. But.
1: Yeah. And just to bring up the, uh, the poster, because I did that last time. This poster I got, I looked at, got very scared because Warrior was on the
0: poster. <laughs> I was like, Damn. That's a bad poster for yeah, the show.
1: Luckily, I know what's going, you know what what transpires here, so I wasn't that afraid. But I was like, "Come on!" But they had him on the poster, so you know. I mean, I guess that'll sell tickets better than uh, some people on their way to being stars. Yes.
0: At this point in time, come on, Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> put him on the put him on the poster.
1: I like Ahmed Johnson's had some great performances, but I don't think he's selling tickets.
0: Well, man, Mark Merrow, baby. Exactly. Give people what they want. <laughs> so the WWF logo comes on the screen before we get tense music, while we get sound bites for each of the matches. Ultimate Warrior believes he will kick Jerry Lawler's ass, while various tournament participants believe they will be the king of the ring. Mankind believes he will destroy the Undertaker, while the Deadman says Foley's soul is his. Sonny then says it wasn't a problem to beat the Godwins, and they will do it again. And Goldust wants Ahmed Johnson to melt in his hands and his mouth.
1: Oh? I mean, you know, Goldust's really pushing the line a little bit.
0: (laughs) Followed by Shawn Michaels wanting to kick the bulldog's teeth down their throat. The narrator finishes by saying it's the greatest card in King of the Ring history. And I actually went back and looked. He's not wrong. Uh, yeah, it's, I believe you. Yeah, this was
2: a, a star-studded King of the Ring tournament.
0: Let's remember who won the King of the Ring last year. And uh,
2: let's also remember... Only if we have to. Yeah, look,
1: like, where did that guy go? Yeah. I heard something about him being possibly the third man. We
0: might talk about him <laughs> next week. Yeah. So King of the Ring logo scrolls across the screen before being welcomed to the show by Vince McMahon while we see Owen Hart make his way to the ring in a suit and Vince is joined by Jim Ross for commentary when Owen shoves his way between them and steals JR's mic telling him to get on with it and he wants to give his expertise that's right
2: look at my slammy.
0: and I found I'll just say this right now I found Owen Hart a delight <laughs> on the announce
2: table yeah it was nice I was like
1: oh this guy's a natural
0: but we go to our first match Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Wildman Mark Merritt with Sable in the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament. And we get footage of Stone Cold defeating Bob Holly with the Million Dollar Dream and then Savio Vega with a stunner to advance in the tournament.
1: And that's the first time the stunner was used as a finish. sure. Yeah. Yep. yeah, cool.
0: Before seeing Wildman beat Skip and Owen to advance as well. We would see Hart in the replay attack Marrow after their match with his cast, claiming he slipped while trying to shake the wild man's hand. So, looks like Marrow's coming in with maybe a, maybe a little bit of an injury, you know, possibly. Yeah. Maybe that's the story they're trying to tell Slightly there.
1: Slightly concussed. And they're, you know, they're so far they're outside of, you know, he can't be Johnny B. Bad. They put him in King Ring, they put him over Owen Hart. That's not nothing.
0: So the match gets going, and the two men trade headlocks and hammerlocks, until Mero uses a head scissors to send Austin to the floor. With the wild man looking to dive out, but Stone Cold goes running, so Mero thinks better of it.
1: We've already got Sable Chance. Yes, we are there. We are. We are there. She has <laughs> arrived.
0: Back in the ring, they trade arm wrenches and arm drags. When Austin nails a fez press but the wild man responds with a back body drop, causing Stone Cold to roll out to the floor to regroup. When Austin returns to the ring, the two fight back and forth through a knuckle lock, when Stone Cold would toss Marrow over the ropes to the floor, and Austin would follow out to keep up the attack, pulling the mat up to expose the concrete, before press slamming the wild man onto it. Back in the ring, Austin with a vertical suplex, several elbows to the throat, choking across the ropes and whipping him corner to corner before delivering a second rope elbow drop for a two count. Stone Cold then continues with a gut buster before locking on a Boston Crab, but Marrow powers his way out of it and rolls up Austin for a near fall. Stone Cold gets back in control with a back elbow, and he goes back to the Boston Crab, which the Wild Man escapes again to counter into multiple pin attempts for two.
1: Did you guys see somebody in the crowd? Somebody that looked a little familiar? I'm trying to remember. ECW glasses guy. Oh, no, he's, I he's, wouldn't have recognized like, that. Really? Long, you know, he's got the long curly hair and he always wears the black glasses. I did not.
0: But I'm sure he was there. He was
1: there. I promise.
0: I believe. I trust you. Austin grabs Marrow for a back suplex, only for the wild man to flip over and nail a rolling prawn hold for a near fall which busts open Stone Cold as Mero's boot caught him in the lip. Austin, with a big right hand, takes the wild man down before going for a whip that's reversed, allowing Mero to apply a sleeper, only for Stone Cold to immediately hit a jawbreaker to escape. Austin then sends the wild man to a corner where Mero leaps up and off backwards to crash into Stone Cold, followed by nailing a dropkick and a ten-count of mounted punches. Man continues with a back body drop before heading up top for a double axe handle that gets a two count, but he then runs into an Austin boot in the corner, only to recover to toss Stone Cold to the floor, following out with a somersault plancha. After rolling Austin in, Merrill looks to head up top, but Stone Cold rolls back out to the floor to regroup, so the Man then flies to the ropes with a tope suicida. Austin's rolled in again, with Merrill making it up top for a missile dropkick this time, for a near fall. The wild Man sets Stone Cold on the top rope to hit a super hurricanrana, and he makes the cover for the pin, and NO! Me. Austin kicks out! And Merrill starts arguing with the ref, allowing Stone Cold to drop the wild Man with a stun gun across the top rope for a two-count. Austin then nails the Stone Cold Stunner for the pin. And, and the win. So Austin advances to the finals. In post-match, we see a close-up of Stone Cold's lip as he walks to the back. And it is not pretty. No, nope.
1: No, not at all. Also, this, I mean, the song is, is just so weird to hear. But it sounds just kind of like a song from like the trailer of like an oscar bait movie
2: <laughs> like it's yes. very bizarre I'm trying to remember what his ringmaster music was at one point it was like rhapsody in blue or something like that yeah it was just something very artsy yeah not sounds more not badass kicker no
1: it sounds more like maybe a
2: like a hollywood mons
1: type of entrance yeah when they were doing the, the you know the little camera gimmick and everything
0: We go to the back and Doc Hendricks is there with Jake Roberts. And Doc calls Jake the sentimental favorite, having overcome so many obstacles in his life. And Robert says, he was blind, but now he sees. He was deaf, but now he hears. He was saved by the blood of the lamb. So how could he lose with the Lord on his side? Jake then compares fighting Vader to robbing a bank. Saying he won't walk through the door. He will sneak up from behind. Promo promo?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Jake. He can cut a promo for sure. Old man Jake. And he's, you know, potentially... He's 41,
0: he's
2: 41, he's 41. I swear I heard that about 41 <laughs> times throughout this show. I thought he was 61. Show. 51,
0: 61, depends on who you ask. Yeah, he's
1: potentially sober at the moment, too. Yeah,
2: Possibly.
0: <laughs> so we get our second match. Vader with Jim Cornette. Versus Jake the Snake Roberts in the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament. And we get footage of Vader being suplexed by Ahmed Johnson. So Owen Hart would leap off the top rope with a cast aided shot, allowing Vader to win, followed by getting a bye because of a double count out from Goldust and Warrior. Warrior, yeah. We also see Jake defeat Triple H and Justin Hawk Bradshaw in his run to the semifinals. Oh, look at little JBL. While Roberts clears the ring with his Anaconda. Mm Hmm. So the Mastodon goes right to work on Jake, overpowering him, working the arm, before nailing several avalanche attacks and a splash for a two-count. Roberts then gets a boot up to a charging Vader and starts nailing jabs and a knee lift before going for a DDT, only for the Mastodon to block and begin peppering Jake with some stiff shots in the corner. Roberts ducks a short-arm clothesline and goes back to the jabs before hitting a short-arm clothesline of his own, which staggers Vader. So Jake charges in, only for the Mastodon to deliver another avalanche attack. Roberts avoids a corner splash and nails the DDT. However, Vader grabbed the ref on his way down, so the official calls for the disqualification. Lame. And Jake advances to the finals. It's called not wanting to have someone pin Vader. Yeah. I
2: mean, and I agree that Vader shouldn't be pinned. Yeah, I totally agree on that, but yeah, it was just a... Kind of a stupid call there They could have totally got his EQ a different way That didn't look so Cornball-y Yeah, I do I mean, Owen is really great on the mic here too
1: He's similar it's, it's like a A listenable version of Current day Chris Jericho on the microphone <laughs> He's, uh, you know, a little bit more measured But I love that he says uh, If Jake couldn't win a title ten years ago He shouldn't be in the running now <laughs> It's like brutal, man
2: Yeah, truth. I
1: mean, (laughs)
0: yeah. So post-match, Roberts goes for the snake. So the Mastodon attacks with a pair of corner splashes. Cornette holds back the ref while Vader continues the punishment with a Vader bomb. The Mastodon wants to hit a second one, but officials stop him in time before helping Jake to the back while he holds his ribs in pain. Foreshadowing. we get a Coliseum exclusive that sees Vader and Corny in the locker room. And Jim says the ref was crooked, while the Mastodon screams no one beats him, and that he's the king of the ring. Not this year, buddy. Nope. We then go to our third match, the Godwins of Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin with Hillbilly Jim versus the Smoking Guns of Bart and Billy Gunn. With Sonny For the WWF Tag Team Championship So since the last time We saw the tag team titles The Body Donnas Had, less the, had lost the belts And Sonny To the Godwins Followed by them losing the championships And Sonny To the Smoking Guns
2: A little toss around girl mm, Hot potato with the titles And the uh,
0: management So if you're ever asked the trivia question, what manager had three consecutive tag team champions? You now know the answer.
1: Sonny, titles and tatas go hand in hand.
0: The Godwins bring out some goats to the ring while Vince sends us the footage of how the Guns won the titles back from the Godwins, as Sonny and Billy would start making out on the apron, which would stun Pig long enough for Bart to hit a bridging back suplex.
1: I mean, the goat's adorable, and you can catch how pleased his punch Finkel is about the goats. He has got a mile wide smile. It was very cute.
0: <laughs> we are then sent to the back with Doc, who has some video of the body Donna's new manager, Cloudy, who's with a chance obviously balls a, a gentleman in drag. Did you find out who it was? I do know the name of the guy, but it's no one that... Nobody that ever shows up No one anymore. that ever does anything. Okay. Literally, this is the only thing he ever does. I kept so. looking
2: at them like, who is this? Is this somebody that we're going to see later? Somebody I've seen before? Hmm. Maybe he was the
1: boom mic guy and he just like um, came into work late one day. And they're like, alright, buddy. Yeah. We're,
0: it's, it's I believe Hawk. he was a friend of, of Pritchard's. Tom Pritchard's. Oh, yeah. That was willing to do it, basically. And Sunny accuses Hendrix of humiliating her, calling Cloudy gross and fat. And Doc asks what tricks she has for Phineas tonight, with her responding that he won't be able to keep his eyes off of her with what she's wearing. And I kind of agreed with her. Yeah, she's not wrong. Hendrix then turns to Billy for his thoughts, and he talks about Sunny and says she's beautiful, award-winning... manager...
1: That's our Billy. Yep. I mean, you know, he wasn't the talker in the New Age Outlaws.
0: And as they're coming out, Jr. says Sonny reminds him of Will Rogers. He never met a man he didn't like, (laughs) which I thought was a good Ross line.
1: Yeah, it is for sure. And it's like, oh, only Jim Ross would do a Will Rogers pull.
0: No.
2: Was Will Rogers gay?
0: No. no that was okay. just his
2: that was just his like never man, met never met a man that he didn't like, so he's just he was just a very uh, friendly dude just friendly, friendly guy, he's a
0: friendly
1: guy <sighs> real handshaking man about town got
0: it so everyone's in the ring, and hog wants to slop someone, but the ref stops him before Billy takes the mic to rub it in that Sonny is with him and not pig, and this distraction allows Bart to attack Phineas from behind. Nailing body slams and knee drops before bringing in Billy, who telegraphs a back body drop. So Pig goes on the offensive with right hands, taking Billy's boot off and forcing the guns out to the floor to regroup. We then get an interview with Cloudy on some double screen action, and McMahon asks her about her outfit. And she responds that she fills it out better before blowing a kiss to Vincent Ross literally dumbfounded that this is a character that they're trying to get over.
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's not good enough. Like, you're not, they're not trying hard enough. It just yep. seems like they're phoning that one in. Yep.
0: Back to the match, Hogg gets a boot up on the charging Bart before laying him out with a clothesline and the Godwins begin to work the arm until Billy kicks Henry from the apron while he's running the ropes. And the guns take control with kicks, knee drops, focusing on the back, when Billy hits a Famouser, even though it's not called that quite yet, and the guns maintain control with backbreakers, a double axe handle, and turnbuckle smashes. When Hogg avoids a corner splash from Billy, for them to both to be out on the mat. And the guns keep up the punishment with another backbreaker and an elbow. When Bart would miss a top rope leg drop, allowing Hog to make the crawl to the corner for the hot, hot tag. tag. Pig comes in to clean house with right hands, turnbuckle smashes, and Henry is back up. So the Godwins look to send the guns into each other, only to be reversed, but the Godwins do a little do do to both hit clotheslines on the champs.
2: I'm glad you said that, because as I was watching, I even said out loud, and they do do or wait, is that an Allen left? I can't remember. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the ref works to get Hog out of the ring, allowing Bart to take his boot off, and use over the head of Phineas, with Billy making the cover for the pin, and, and the win. win. Post-match, the Godwins continue to beat down the guns until they get thrown to the floor.
1: And it's not a bad match, but it seems like nobody cares because they're just too busy looking at Sonny.
2: Yep, that's exactly how it was. Yeah,
1: because it's not a bad
2: tag match. It's During the Sunny done. era, this this was the era of Wrestlers being in the shadow of their lady managers. Nope. Yeah. Mark Mark Merrow walked, so uh, S.A. Rios could fly.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Goldust is over enough, like, you know, t- to yeah. not get, like, Marlena Chance or whatever because he's so over the top and does great character work. Yeah.
2: Any Anybody in the shadow of Sonny or Sable? Same. Just are not noticed. Yeah, and then the hug. same thing happened years later with later with Lita and Trish.
0: We go backstage and Camp Cornet is there with Doc Hendricks. And Doc accuses them of stacking the deck against Shawn Michaels. Saying they handpicked the ref and Owen is at ringside for commentary. Jim just ignores him and quotes the late Dick Murdoch. The bulldog is going to pop you and knock you into next week. Corny continues that there won't be any wishy-washy refs or WWF presidents to help the heartbreak kid, so Bulldog is going to win the title. And while he's speaking, Mr. Perfect walks into frame, so Hendrick starts to question why he's in their locker room, with Davey Boy speaking up that Sean would steal his wallet if he dressed in the other room. And Bulldog goes on to list his accomplishments, saying he will join the triple-header club By winning the belt. So, after seeing this, I was like, oh, yeah. I guess this explains the perfect Michael's little head nod that we saw at the In Your House. Beware of Dog. Uh
2: I was actually listening to that episode earlier, and I thought that same thing as we got to that part of that episode. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Because you guys even asked me if I knew what was going on. I was like, nope, I have no clue. (laughs) This makes sense. Yeah. A little seed planting. I like mm-hmm. it, WWF. Yes. Appreciate nice. it. Nice way to follow through on that story.
0: So we go to our fourth match. Jerry, the King Lawler versus the Ultimate Warrior. And the story behind this match was that the King wanted to chastise the Warrior after he intimidated Marlena during a match against Goldust. And Lawler tried to get the Director's Chair back for Marlena only to have the ultimate warrior grab and destroy it later the king would attempt to apologize for his interference by giving warrior a framed portrait of himself that he had painted but the ultimate warrior refused so when he turned his back lawler pasted him over his head with the picture and actually if you've ever seen the vi- <laughs> if you've actually ever seen the video of this warrior is wearing a baseball cap To basically protect himself from the glass. And Jerry hits him with the backside of the picture. And, and, like, he got heat for this because it's like, just take the fucking hit over the head, dude.
1: Yeah. yeah. If anybody's, who do you trust more to hit you
2: over the head with a pane of glass than Jerry Lawler? I was noticing that while watching it, that A, he had the wall cap on, and then Lawler... Hits him with the backside of the picture, so the glass all flies up in Lawler's face instead of onto Warrior. (laughs)
1: Lawler's in it. I mean, you know, he's he's a motherfucking wrestler. But yeah, I've seen the photos of him with the ball cap, but I don't think I've actually seen that clip. Very funny to see that man in a ball cap. That's silly.
0: So the king comes out and stops at the throne area near the entrance and has a mic with him. And he just starts insulting the fans, calling them drunks and losers, before stealing the scepter and making his way to the ring. And the king finishes by saying Warrior has overstayed his welcome in the WWF before seeing the footage of that portrait shot. Warrior runs down as he's wont to do. As he does, and as he's pumping himself up, Lawler attacks him with the scepter, choking him with it until the ref can take it away. The king then rams Warrior into the steel steps and chokes him with his own jacket, followed by more chokes with hand tape. And Lawler continues his cheating by grabbing a foreign object from his trunks to throw loaded punches before going back to choking, followed by a pile driver that's no-sold. And Warrior begins to ultimate up hits a trio of running clotheslines before nailing a leaping shoulder tackle for the pin. And the win.
1: Lame and felt long. And yes, Jerry Waller doing yes. crowd work is always pretty good. This one was nice because he was pretty gnarly. Also, King Ring sponsored by the Sega Saturn blimp. Yes. That was, <laughs> Got a shout uh, out to Sega
2: Saturn. That was pretty great. Seeing that thing floating around in the ceiling.
1: Uh, also, I saw growing up in the crowd in a Marilyn manson shirt uh, and this is like yeah when he was his most hated probably prime 96 baby uh-huh before you know before everyone was like you know what the
0: dope show's a pretty good song <laughs> doc's in the back with president gorilla monsoon and behind them you see the medical staff taping up jake the snake you know his taping up his ribs and gorilla says that jake wants to continue because, how many more chances will he get? And because, you know, they keep mentioning that he's 41 years old. Uh huh. And they also don't know mm-hmm. if he can stay clean. You know, because that's totally ancient, you know, especially considering how old most of the roster is today. I mean,
1: yeah, the, th- the difference is. Like, is li- that literally, these don't hit your didn't... prime
0: until you're 40 years yeah. old at this point. These guys didn't
1: take care of themselves back no, in the they day, didn't. though. Uh, they, were, they were road dogs and drugging.
0: And, you know, AJ Styles is like 43. I also love, I mentioned it earlier, but Owen continuously just ups his age (laughs) every time he talks about it. 76. We then get sent to footage from In Your House, Beware of Dog, where we see the Mankind Undertaker confrontation, followed by Foley nailing him with a pile driver on an episode of Raw. And we're headed to our fifth match, Mankind versus The Undertaker with Paul Bearer and the lights go out like normal for the dead man's entrance but only Bearer emerges from the back so when the lights come back on Taker is on the top rope flying off with a clothesline onto Foley and Undertaker's laying it in with right hands turnbuckle smashes and tosses mankind to the floor when he returns the dead man locks on a claw trying to remove the mask but Foley escapes to the apron momentarily but Taker brings Mankind back in with a snapmare hitting old school and starts choking Foley in the corner and Mankind catches the Undertaker charging into a corner with a back elbow delivers a body slam and a sliding clothesline after the dead man rises nice spot Foley's now in control with boots in the corner chokes and a running knee to the head before knocking Taker out to the floor where Mankind leaps off the apron with an elbow drop. And the two trade strikes back inside the ring when Foley hits a clothesline before tossing Undertaker back out to the floor, where he rams the dead man into the steps and grabs a pair of chairs.
1: And now, uh, yeah, JR's putting over that. Obviously, uh, Mankind's taking it to Undertaker like no one has it before.
0: Mankind tosses one of the chairs into the ring while charging at Taker with the other only for the Undertaker to get a big boot up to the face. And the dead man fires up by throwing Foley into the apron, where he stumbles back towards Taker to hit a back body drop onto the concrete. I think
2: JR is forgetting that time that Yokozuna and a bunch of his friends killed the Undertaker and sent his spirit off out of his
1: body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that there, there was, there was a game. <laughs> no,
2: that's right. No, yeah. No
1: one. Plus, you know, done this. once you come back from the dead, you've got to be stronger, right?
0: I think so. I hope so.
2: so. I'll find out one day.
0: Back in the ring, the undertaker grabs the chair that's laying on the mat to use across the back of mankind as Bearer distracts the ref. The dead man then hits a big boot, picks him up for the tombstone, but fully wiggles his way free and nails a swing neckbreaker before hitting a leg drop and looks to apply the mandible claw. Only for Taker to block and make it back to his feet. Mankind responds with a kick and an elbow drop, but the Undertaker rises, so Foley applies a nerve nerve hold. Some people. And it wears the dead man down even more when Taker starts going crazy with punches to fire up, followed by a clothesline that sends Mankind out to the floor. Undertaker is then dragged out by Foley, and he's laid out next to the steel steps, allowing mankind to hit another running knee to the head. Foley then body slams the dead man on the concrete before heading up to the apron, flying off with another elbow drop, only for Taker to grab the chair next to him, causing mankind to fall into it.
1: So nice. Use the the things around you.
0: (laughs) Undertaker then dents the chair over the head of Foley, before rolling back into the ring to nail several headbutts and a leaping clothesline. The dead man then telegraphs a back body drop, so Mankind counters into a pulling pile driver, making the cover for a two count. And Foley just starts freaking out, ramming his head into the mat, yanking out his hair, before stealing the urn from Paul, raising it above his head to use on Taker. But Bear has made his way to the apron... To grab it back. Mankind turns away and locks on the mandible claw. When Paul comes on the apron and tries to hit Foley. Only to hit the Undertaker by accident. Mankind locks on the mandible claw once again. And the dead man is out. So the ref calls for the bell. Post-match, Owen thinks Bearer hit Taker on purpose. Saying that he's tired of the Undertaker. Foley then chases after Paul with a chair as the dead man stumbles after them down the aisle. I mean, this is lovely
1: stuff. Yes. Perfect character work. Good shit. And everything matters. They, Everybody registers the moves and lets them sink in.
2: Yes, it's amazing what you can get from two people who actually put attention to detail on <laughs> um, staying true to their characters, kayfabe... And giving the audience what they paid for. And oh, the
1: squeals! Yes, mankind. the squeals are in full force.
2: I've I've missed the sound effects of Olmick. His final days in ECW were fun, but he didn't do all of the over-the-top dramatics that I love and adore.
1: Yeah, he was Mick Foley at that point. Yes, here he's mankind.
0: So Doc's in the back with Mr. Perfect. And Hendrix can't believe that he dressed in Camp Cornette's locker room. But Perfect just turns it back on Doc, saying that he's creepy for keeping up with where he's dressing at. It's not wrong. Hendrix just says, smells of collusion. But Mr. Perfect says, you can't even spell collusion. <laughs> I believe it. Shawn Michaels then interrupts, telling Perfect to call it down the middle. And after the Heartbreak Kid leaves, Mr. Perfect says that Sean seemed nervous, but does promise to call it down the middle, because he's the perfect ref, and will do the perfect job. So we go to our sixth match, Goldust with Marlena, versus Ahmed Johnson for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. The champion came out first. Foreshadowing... And Ben sends us two footage from Ra, where the Golden One revived Ahmed with a mouth-to-mouth. Just trying to save his life, bro. Exactly. We would see Johnson burst through the doors at the entrance so hard that it would send the doorman flying.
2: Yeah, I got
1: a
0: kick out of that. (laughs) Running to the ring and attacking Goldust as he was still disrobing. And the Golden One retreats to the floor, three group, but Ahmed leaps over the ropes with a dive where he nearly lands on his head before rolling Goldust back in.
2: Yeah, I, I had scared. to rewind that spot there just to make sure I saw what I thought I saw.
1: And, I mean, Goldust, incredible job with that first cell of that first clothesline. Yeah. He goes inside out. <laughs> you got to get put over the big man. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, and for a big man to turn himself inside out like that for you know, being 6'4", yeah. 6'6", six, 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 whatever the hell Dustin Rhodes is... Yeah.
0: Huge and meaty.
1: Yeah. A big slab of bacon.
0: Goldust tries to regroup on the outside again after being whipped into a corner, before dragging Johnson out as well, only for Ahmed to toss the golden one into the steel steps, followed by throwing the steps at him as well. Back in the ring, Johnson misses a corner splash, and he tumbles over to the floor, where Goldust takes control by whipping Ahmed into the steps again. Followed by just dropping them on Johnson.
1: Ahmed's acting like he did this in front of the whole high school. I guess he did it on national television. Yeah.
0: It's possible. (laughs) The golden one hits a leaping clothesline back inside the ring for a two count. Begins to work Ahmed's back with body slams, chin locks, and kidney shots. But Johnson finally tosses gold dust off. Only to telegraph a back body drop. Allowing the golden one to go for a sunset flip. But Ahmed stays up and punches, punches down. down. Goldust then nails yeah. a pile driver and sensually crawls into a pin for a near fall. Before going to work on the back. When Johnson would fire up, only to miss a drop kick. The golden one would apply a sleeper that seems to put Ahmed out. But Goldust releases it so he can revive Johnson with some more mouth to mouth.
1: Uh And I said earlier that, you know, all these uh, ladies get the chant. There is a Marlena chant, but Marlena no-sells everything that happens in the ring as well as the chant and she just smokes away, staying in character.
0: Ahmed wakes up in a fury, grabbing Goldust by the throat, and starts wailing on him with punches, followed by a spine buster and the Pearl River plunge for the pin and the win. And no! And first African American Intercontinental Champion in I, WWF history.
1: I know that the champion came out first, but for some reason I did not expect them to put the belt on Ahmed Johnson. I don't <laughs> know why. Because they're being. I guess Goldust doesn't really need the belt because he can get Pete by just, you know, giving a boy a smooch and uh, rubbing himself.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you want to send the crowd into a tizzy, you know, throw on some ladies' undergarments or something like that.
1: Uh huh. And yeah, Ahmed Johnson, the Bay Boy will beat your ass. Yeah. Yep. No, no tricks here.
2: Yeah. Only a little slightly homophobic. <laughs> but, you know. It's, it's it, still, he was if assaulted. It was, if it was prison, he wouldn't care.
0: <laughs> Vincent sends us to a commercial for In Your House International Incident, where we see aliens abduct a wrestling fan. And try to experiment on him. But the fan tells them that he doesn't want to miss the pay-per-view. And the aliens become intrigued. Especially when the fan shows them Sunny.
1: Yeah, even the aliens know Sunny's hot. Space boobs.
0: And the aliens say she requires closer inspection. So they teleport Sunny to the living room. It's a fun commercial.
1: It It is. I feel like we've had another alien commercial somewhat recently. For WWF, I'm trying to remember,
0: I don't remember right offhand. Is yeah, but possible? I'm probably thinking,
1: I think there. I think there was one.
0: McMahon then gives us a coliseum exclusive, where Ahmed Johnson walks into the locker room, only to receive celebratory champagne bath from several wrestlers, followed by Shawn Michaels giving him a hug. Aww,
2: welcome to the club, buddy.
0: And all of a sudden, we're back in the arena, and it's Brian Pillman walking <sighs> down to the ring. On crutches. We've been waiting. Jim Ross goes to interview him at ringside, where the loose cannon starts going on about the sewer of human waste in the arena, and he can see why Jeffrey Dahmer tried to consume (laughs) the whole state. Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) That's pretty
1: pretty, uh, heavy for WWF television at the time.
0: Ross asks Pillman about wrestling in the WWF, but he just calls him a stupid son of a bitch. And claims he can say and do whatever he wants, daring any of the superstars to stop him. And Loose Cannon continues by calling himself the brightest star that has stepped foot on God's green earth and promises to rape, pillage, and plunder the WWF.
1: Alrighty. He's, you know, is is it slightly being pushed off as an invasion? A, A single man invasion? I wonder where they got that idea.
0: He's just being kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. He is a loose cannon. Pillman's going to do what Pillman's going to do.
0: So we go to our seventh match. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jake the Snake Roberts in the finals for the King of the Ring. And as Stone Cold makes his way to the ring, he passes Pillman in the aisle. And they exchange a glance with the loose cannon wishing him luck.
2: It's like they know each
1: other. For <laughs> little
0: Hollywood blondes. A pre- previous life. Like little nod to the, to the smart, to the smart fan there. Uh, to the real ones. And Vince tells us that Austin had gone to the hospital to get stitches for his busted lip, while Jake limps to the ring, holding his ribs, and Stone Cold attacks Roberts as he enters the ring, stomping and punching the ribs. Trash-talking Jake while hitting him with forearms and axe handles before ripping away the tape around the ribs. And Gorilla Monsoon makes his way to ringside and wants to end the match, but Jake just pleads for him not to. And Roberts rallies with jabs, calls for the DDT, only for Austin to drive him rib-first into the corner with shoulders, followed by a stone-cold stunner for the pin and and the win. win. And we get Doc Hendricks hosting the coronation ceremony on the stage area. Austin tells them to get Jake out of my ring and the WWF, saying that he proved that Roberts doesn't have what it takes anymore. That Jake thumps his Bible and said his prayers, but it didn't get him anywhere. You can talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. But Austin 316 just says, I kicked your ass. And Stone Cold would continue by telling Jake to go buy a bottle and find some of his old courage. Before giving notice to the boys in the back that they're on Stone Cold's list. And Austin tells someone off screen to piss off, saying he will be the next champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.
1: Yeah, buddy. It's all it's all
2: right there. Yep.
1: The one thing we're missing is a beer. Is a beer. Maybe maybe <laughs> two or
2: three. A beer and some broken glass mm-hmm. or breaking glass. Yeah. So close. The time is among us.
0: He has arrived. Yes. So we go to our eighth match. The British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, with Diana Smith and Jim Cornette, versus the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, with Jose Lothario. For the WWF Championship. And Owen promises to stay out of the match as long as no one messes with him. Followed by highlights from Beware of Dog, where the ref would get bummed out of the ring. And after everybody's in the ring live, Gorilla makes his way out to announce that Mr. Perfect will be the outside referee. While Earl Hebner will call the match in the ring. Swerve. Annoying all of Camp Cornette.
2: Collusion.
0: <laughs> Can you spell it? Maybe. And the match gets going with Bulldog showing off his power, while Sean shows off his mat wrestling, until Michaels is tossed over the ropes, but he holds on, skins the cat, to head scissor Davy Boy out to the floor. Hbk then leaps off the apron to huracana Bulldog down to the concrete, before using Corny's own racket on jim now back in the ring the two men are trading holds including sean working an armbar. but davy boy rolls on top and grabs the ropes for leverage only for mr perfect to knock his hands loose allowing sean to stay on the attack with more holds so maybe he is going to call it right down the middle so far bulldog gets to his feet and looks to escape with a back suplex But Michaels escapes by flipping over and the two men go through athletic reversals of hip tosses and clotheslines when HBK would apply a sleeper. Only for Davey Boy to ram Sean into a corner to break free.
1: And that's how you get out of the sleeper.
0: Bulldog starts whipping Michaels from corner to corner. Working a chin lock, HBK escapes and nails a single arm takedown before heading up top for a double axe handle to get a two count. Davy Boy gets Sean up in a press slam and just dumps him over the ropes. Yeah, that
1: was pretty uh, pretty gnarly.
0: Following out to vertical suplex, him onto the floor before press-slamming Michael's back into the ring <laughs> for a near fall. Ragdoll Bulldog's working a chin lock to wear down HBK before throwing him around the ring again, delivering a clothesline, and then applies a surfboard that he transitions into a bridging pin for a two count. Sean starts to fire up but Davey responds with a knee to the gut, a back body drop and a leg drop for a near fall before going back to the chin lock. And Michaels breaks free and starts to run the ropes nailing a cross body for a two count only for Bulldog to retaliate with a clothesline and back to the headlock. Hmm, Davey. HBK fires up once more taking Davey Boy down with a crucifix pin attempt for a near fall. He tries for a pile driver that gets reversed for Bulldog to attempt a running power slam. But Sean wiggles free, shoving Davy Boy to the ropes and attempts a super kick, only for Bulldog to hold on and charge out with a clothesline. Davy Boy then nails a pile driver and heads up top, but he slips as he comes off with a flying headbutt. Michaels then sends Bulldog hard into a corner before climbing up the ropes, only for Davy Boy to recover to dropkick HBK, causing him to crotch himself. And Bulldog takes advantage and superplexes Sean down to the mat. Makes the cover for the pin, and no, Michaels kicks out. Davy Boy then sets HBK up on the turnbuckle for a super back suplex. But Sean reverses it midair to land on top for a near fall. The two start trading strikes again before knocking heads for a double KO. With Bulldog up to his feet first and going for a clothesline. Only for Michaels to duck and leap up on his shoulders for a hurricanrana. But Davey Boy counters it into a sit-out powerbomb for a two count. The Heartbreak Kid reverses a whip. That sends the Bulldog so hard he flips into the turnbuckle. But he can't capitalize, so Davy Boy sends Sean to the ropes, only for him to come back with a jumping forearm. Michaels then kips up before slamming Bulldog, which clips Hebner in the process. Riff bump. HBK heads up for a flying elbow drop and begins to tune up the band to deliver some sweet chim music. And Earl starts to make the count. Perfect rolls in and says he wants to do it. One, two, when Owen would pull Mr. Perfect out of the ring, but Hebner just kept counting anyway for the pin and the win.
1: You think that the idea was that Perfect was going to like hit Hebner and like stop the count or something? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think I mean it definitely adds a little bit of. Doubt. Tension, yeah, doubt or tension, like in the moment, but like in hindsight, it's like I don't know exactly what he was gonna do.
0: Hmm. Like it would have made more sense for Hebner to like have pull him out, being completely knocked out, perfect, trying to count, being pulled out, and then Hebner waking up and making the full three count.
2: Yeah, yeah. This was uh... maybe they were short on time. <laughs> forgot something somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Post-match, Perfect and Hart argue for a moment before Owen jumps Sean in the ring, only to be fought off and placed in a figure four. Davey Boy then joins the fray, so Michaels has to fight them both off, but they eventually get the better of him, hitting a double vertical suplex. Ahmed Johnson then comes running out, where he press slams Hart and body slams Bulldog. Vader then jumps in the ring to attack Ahmed, while Owen nails HBK with his cast multiple times. And Camp Cornette just continues the punishment on Johnson with a whip-aided Mastodon corner splash before setting up Shawn for a Vader bomb, only for the ultimate warrior to come running out, shoving the Mastodon off the ropes and handing out clotheslines to everyone. Camp Cornette bells down the aisle, leaving Michaels, Ahmed, and Warrior to pose in the ring. And Vince announces that a match has been signed for In Your House International Incident, where these six men will face each other.
2: What a coincidence.
0: (laughs) But this would be the last time we would see the Ultimate Warrior on a WWF pay-per-view until his Hall of Fame induction in 2014.
2: Um, Bye-bye, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait. I don't really mean it when I say buddy. That's right. WWF pay-per-view. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that means we only get to see him two more times." But then I forgot about the whole WCW stupidity.
1: Mm. They finally get—they finally got Renegade money.
2: (laughs) They—they—they did, but they did something. They may have got Renegade for their money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) McMahon then gives us another Coliseum exclusive, where we see Jr. in the back with Camp Cornette, telling them that they should be ashamed of the gang fight. And Corny says that the Heartbreak Kid has every friend he's had since grade school out there. And Jose pulled a switchblade on him. <laughs> but if they won a gang fight, they got one. Ross then shames Owen for getting involved, saying he was supposed to be a commentator, with Hart denying that he interfered, saying he was just showing Mr. Perfect how to make a count. And Cornette agrees the officiating was bad, calling Hemner a homeless wino. And thinks they will get a fair shake in Canada. Because that's where yeah. international incident will take place. Bulldog then chimes in that he didn't know Sean had that many friends. But he's confident because he has Owen and Vader. JR then asks Corny for a final statement. And he answers, yeah, you got the biggest jaws I've ever seen in my life. Before also adding, Vader would eat you alive if he wasn't on a low-fat diet. We then go to a highlight package from the evening before fading to black. Aww. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of King of the Ring 1996?
2: Would if I said it was a hard watch? Yes. Fun. Just as fun today as it was all those years ago, 27 years ago. Wow. Wow. 27 years ago
1: and the only thing that's like over that's really over long is like Jerry Lawler basically stalling because the Warriors only going to do a two minute match Yeah, it's like I mean if anybody's going to stall it might as well be him he can do it
2: the crowd you know if anything he's at least 41-42 there so they gotta think he's just an adorable old man just walking around butterscotch candy in his pocket or something. <laughs> he's, he's invincible.
1: The <laughs> man just came right back from a
0: stroke. So yeah, I think this is a very solid show with some excellent storytelling and character work as it literally gets over three of its newest names in Mankind, Ahmed Johnson, and then of course Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve. Steve Austin. A superstar
2: was born... With just a few words. I mean,
0: but literally all three of these guys, like, took a step up Mm -hmm. in everyone's eyes. I mean, yeah, but
1: this is the thing that, like, WWF continues to try to do, which helps them, becomes one of the reasons that they finally win the war. And you can see it right here on the first show, where the war kind of truly is about to start. New, new talent. I mean, Austin's been wrestling for a while. McFoley's been wrestling for a while, but you know, these are these are new gimmicks on the largest wrestling show.
2: Yep, beautifully done. It more than makes up for last year's shit show of a King of the Ring. It totally eliminates from the majority of everybody's memory the winner of the previous King of the Ring.
1: Yep, very smart and, to not have him on this show.
2: Yeah, it's it sets the uh, the bar for future King of the Rings with the the way Stone Cold's year goes following this I mean for some reason you need to know Mabel won last year Uh, if you don't know who Mabel is lucky you yeah tune in next week I hear he might be a third guy
1: (laughs) about as big as three guys
0: (laughs) good where's the smart marks at alright fuck you I think it's time we smart it up
2: smart smart smart
0: so what are some of the best moments of this show Promo time. Yes. There's so many promos. Good promos. So many good
1: lines throughout the show. I mean, Jim Cornette's always a solid hand. Austin is fully Austin. Jake. Ross had that Jake fun kind Jake had a promo. Yeah. The, Even Ross is uh, getting a little fun these days. <laughs> the Will
0: Rogers song.
2: Yeah. Owen and his little one liners throughout the show just on commentary. 61, guys.
0: 71? <laughs>
1: 50.
2: 81. 91.
0: 91. Old
1: man Roberts. Yeah. He couldn't have, he couldn't have got the belt 10 years ago. Makes you think he can do it now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... Even the tag match,
1: like, I don't really give a shit about the Godwins, but it was laid out really well. Mm-hmm. That's, like, what how it should have gone. The tension, even the hot tag was good, even though the crowd was too busy staring at Sonny's ass. But, you know,
0: yeah. God I mean, bless there's Texas. A re- there's a reason. For... We're
1: all staring at her ass. I mean, yeah, they put her in cowboy gear with two sexy cowboys. Yeah this is a, yeah much yeah you know, a great and, one. and then
2: plastered texas all over her chest so you know god bless texas
0: i'd like to mention that i think this is now like four matches in a row for the undertaker that have that have been good mhm yep. after literally just kind of like ugh, the undertaker yeah i mean for the longest time undertaker kamala and
1: like and like Yokozuna, like not that that fun you need undertaker to have somebody that can boom yeah
2: and yeah taker versus faker did no favors oh. to anybody but oh Mark and Mick can really tear it up in the ring oh yeah so they're like
1: two different sides of the same coin
2: the scars of Austin the the busted lip the stitches the rebusting of the lip all added to his future look, you know, he mm-hmm. forever has that scar on his lip now that was part of the the signature snarl of Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: And it only adds to how bad like his I'm a badass mm-hmm. vibe. It's like, oh yeah, he busted his lip, came out, busted it open again, and then kind of
2: promo talk about kicking people's ass. Yeah, and then you know, nine months from the show he basically says, Here, hold my beer, literally, and then shows us <laughs> what he can really do.
0: Does it take that long? From,
2: what, this is July, June, something like that? Is that when this yeah, took I guess place? Yeah, I guess it is. The... March, April. May
0: yeah, against Brett. I thought it was summer. Yeah, because he, he, Stone Cold does kind of just linger in the mid-card for a while until Brett comes back.
2: Yep. So that's... Spoiler alert. <laughs> that's where the gold comes in.
1: It's been 27
0: years. <laughs> How about most disappointing... Warrior.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah. I understand them trying to do it. To like, you know, Vince being like, fuck. Like, it's it's worth giving... Like, trying one more time. So, I understand that. But, as somebody who didn't care the first couple times, I care even less now, if yeah. that was possible. But, like I said, it doesn't outstay. It's,
0: I mean, it outstays its I mean, the, ma- the match is whatever, but just that... Jerry Lawler's fine. Like, he... Warrior can just continues to be on these shows, which obviously we now know he's not going to be on these shows, but because he basically just no shows, somehow shows, and Vince just decided he was it's not worth not worth not worth the the squeeze. Yeah,
1: because it's not like he can work at all. (laughs) Yeah, he can shake those ropes,
0: though. He can shake the ropes.
2: Which makes me wonder what would a Warrior Vader match have looked like. Uh, probably no sell versus no sell.
1: I mean, I'd love to see uh, the way he responds. Would have gone and told Vader just
0: to like kill him. Yeah, yeah I,
1: I would have loved to see like Vader's. You know, the I always call him his uh, like shoot shoot fists in the corner. <laughs> I would love to see the look on Warrior's face when that happened because it would be just so funny. I mean, even Jake, you can tell he gets a little pissed off in the, their match here when he catches catches a stiff one and uh, he, you, I think he just I think he drops down a little earlier a little quick cause like I've had enough of this shit and I can't blame him
0: he's 41 he got <laughs> brittle bones. 61, 61 sorry. I'm literally looking over my notes and I'm just like what was I disappointed on this show
1: I mean Ahmed Johnson has been g- good and has showed energy and he comes in
0: uh, I mean I guess his dive I was like yeah. scared for his dive I was eye. scared for
1: him yeah but uh, I mean it's because he was so full of energy but the uh, <laughs> that clothesline that first clothesline when he runs into the ring and Dustin just fucking right. does like goddamn fucking Barrels full, the full barrel that's like, yeah. like I felt bad
0: for the doorman yeah
1: I'd like to think that that wasn't uh, planned. Warrior, I don't think it was. It. it didn't look like it. Maybe it was, maybe it was uh,
2: Ahmed's intention.
1: <laughs> if, if
0: I was one of those doormen and I was like... So this would have been uh, a great year
2: for Jeff and Matt to have been the uh, the, the door guys because yeah. they really could have sold that flying.
0: <laughs> I was just like, if they had told me, like, he's going to come busting out the doors, I would have been like, I'm going to move about <laughs> three feet this way. I'll still go flying if that's what you want me to do. I mean,
1: he's the most, like physically impressive guy on the roster right now easily easily i mean warrior doesn't count we're not counting
2: warrior like i want to say why the the whole brahma bull thing became a term in wrestling like because i mean rock spoiler rocky (laughs) shows up not too far in the the distant future and yeah i swear the the brahma bull name had already been going around then before it was assigned to rock i think it was ahmed that it was
1: I mean, we'll keep keep an ear out for it. As he's now our new intercontinental title. True. True. History is made. Sorry, well, like I said, What a smart thing to do. You have this like guy that looks like a world beater and has had some good matches with guys that you know can give him a good match. And Goldust doesn't need mm-hmm. a belt. Doesn't need a fucking hat. Doesn't <laughs> he? Doesn't need to be king of the ring. He doesn't. He doesn't need anything except himself and. Marlena, you know I don't even know if he necessarily needs her, but
0: it's nice to look at. So, what if world here? What if the curtain call hadn't happened? Triple H was supposed to win the King of the Ring. Yeah. yeah. What is our, what is our worldview of WWF if Triple H wins this King of the Ring?
1: I feel like no matter what, like it may have taken a little longer, but nothing was going to stop like Steve Austin from getting himself over. He's like at some at some point it just might you know, it just might have be a little more contentious.
0: Maybe there would have been I mean Triple H probably would have gotten a little bit more of a bump earlier. Yeah. yeah. But, but I don't think
1: we're holding Austin back completely. Would it
2: have anything like thwarted the start of D X because he didn't Constantly. become Sean's running buddy.
0: I mean I think they Throw him into the if he wins the King of the Ring as a heel, which I don't think Austin gets in there with Ahmed, but I think Triple H and Ahmed would have been a good match.
2: Sam, so worried but we would have ended up with Triple H versus Mark Marrow in the final, which
0: I think that's actually what they were planning on going yeah. with, which isn't like isn't
1: terrible on paper if Stone Cold Steve Austin's not there, if you don't have an opportunity for, I mean. People are still behind Jake. He's, yeah. he's still Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. He's still a memorable character. He's another one of those guys that never we needed a belt. All we, know. we could
2: have ended up with Austin in Triple H. The,
0: the thing with Austin... I mean, we could have, mm-hmm. definitely. The thing with Austin is... I mean, we've mentioned... He kind of hangs out in the mid-card for until the next year's WrestleMania when he faces with Brett. But Brett literally came back and said he wanted to work with Austin. Yep, because Austin is a fucking wrestler. Yes. This is the future. He knows
1: that he knows what kind of match
2: you can have with the guy. Yeah.
1: So I mean, like, I'm the
2: best there is, the best there was, but he might be the best there ever will be.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, <laughs> if if Brett's got it uh, over Austin in the ring, Austin's got it over on Brett on the microphone. That's for damn sure. And you know, unfortunately, Austin gets an injury and doesn't get to quite work I
0: mean, the same way. And probably future. the biggest thing is that. Well, luckily he's already over. We probably just don't we don't get the Austin awesome three sixteen.
2: Yeah and that's such a oh just think I mean t-shirt sales today may not be what they were or may not be today what they are now had there not been a 316 that caused everybody to have to run right out and buy yeah
1: I had the worst Stone Cold shirt I had one and it sucked I got it from like Walmart or Academy because it was like a cheap one or whatever, and it said it just said like "don't mess with mess with Austin" on it, and had his face and like Texas on it. But I just wanted it was like oh, there's a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, but it was like the worst Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> shirt ever. It was the only one I ever had.
0: Yeah. How about best performer of the night?
1: I mean, do we give it to Austin for the promo? Or do we give it to Owen for just being being a like you know, more serious version of, like, Bobby Heenan almost. He's, like, channeling Bobby, but, like, with a bigger dickhead energy.
2: Is it
0: Mankind? Because I actually think that's the best match of the night. It is the best match of the night. Yeah, we can give it to him. And and he also beat the fucking Undertaker. As
2: he's holding on to the bottom rope there.
1: The squeals, the freakout, I mean... I mean, I can totally totally
0: see in Austin being it just because of... Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a good match with Mero... Yeah, the Roberts match is, It's it's more of an angle than a. Yeah. Yeah. To get to the, to the promo, which the promo is is great. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong, it's great.
1: I and I like the title match too. Like it gets to a point where it feels like a New Japan title match. At points with like the trading of the big moves and the like throwbacks, like when you know holds the rope. And I think stuff. the main
0: event probably went. You know, oh, maybe a minute and a half too long because they just, Davy Boyd just kept going back to the headlock chinlock. Yeah, there at the end, kind of like maybe one time too many. Yeah, but it was. I think it was
1: good. I, didn't Over, think yeah, Boy I, I thought was it was win. a solid match. Don't, yeah,
0: like I'm not hating on the
1: match. But I mean, game, but... mankind is now like a star. He beat the Undertaker. Yep, he beat the Undertaker, and the Undertaker like sold for him. When he sits up and McFoley does the basement, basement uh, lariat or whatever, basement clothesline, it's like he he has to win this match now. Yeah. Like that's that, that like that in hindsight that should telegraph it because yeah, it just makes him look. He's got like he, he at that moment he has the edge over the Undertaker.
0: How about most surprising? How good Owen was on commentary.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Cause he's always been like a, a good promo, but, like, he, isn't a, like a macho man, or a, I mean nobody else is a macho man either. But he's not a, um, he's not a Jim Cornette, but nobody else is a gym cornette either. So it's like, but, he's very concise. He doesn't stumble over his words. Yeah, he's not coked to the gills. It's not like a flair promo. Even a bad, bad. Flair promo is still awesome, but that's because he's Ric Flair. And he yeah. has that like energy or whatever. It's and not
2: like we have Hacksaw on commentary or something.
1: Yeah, where... Owen Hart is very, like, very clean. He's very, like, very focused and sounds like he means everything he says. And he says a boot,
0: a boot. Brian Pillman.
1: Yeah, that might be the surprise because I was definitely popped for it because so we've been waiting for him to show up, but I didn't know. That he showed up on this show i've never seen this show i've seen the austin promo obviously because i knew it was
2: coming i just couldn't remember when he showed up exactly
1: did is owen's arm actually hurt or is this
0: just a angle at the moment i think yeah. it has to be really hurt because i mean he's been wearing it for a while yeah i, I,
2: I think it's yeah. it's possible that it started out as an actual injury, injury and, and now they're just, just like they're
1: like, okay, we'll use this as an angle before we put
0: you back in the fold. Yeah, it's probably this the Bob Orton. Yeah, I was just gonna say, case. it's the Bob Orton thing because <laughs> he had an actual injury and then just kept wearing it to use it as a <laughs> as angle. a weapon.
2: Making their way to the ring.
0: It's trivia time. Uh-oh. So this week the category is what happened when. What happened? When? Five points for a correct answer. Three points if we go to multiple choice. I'm going to give you a show. You're going to give me the main event of that show. All okay. right. Okay.
1: Between 93 and 94.
0: The show is Clash of the Champions 28.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: I'll
1: go straight to multiple choice if
2: you're willing to. <laughs> we can buzz in because... I can't afford to make wild accusations. Thinking ninety-three, ninety four, clash of champions, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Alright. You won't give it, he's are you not gonna give us the, the year? Not that it'll probably matter. No. Just, that that would be part of the clue. It would. Yeah, I don't know. We'll do a multiple choice. Alright, going
0: to multiple choice. Your four options are Ric Flair versus Sting in a unification match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship and the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship. Number two, Ric Flair with Sensuous Sherry versus Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Sting and Ric Flair versus (laughs) Vader and Rick Rude with Harley Race. And your last choice, the three faces of fear of Butcher, Avalanche, and Kevin Sullivan versus Dave Sullivan, Sting, and Hulk Hogan, with Mr. T as the special guest referee.
2: Oh, sweet cheese. I know. So it's either a Sting match or a flair match, or a Hogan match.
1: Um, you don't think it could be the, the Dave
0: Sullivan? He is correct, because one of those people is in all four. Of those <laughs> that players. is true, yeah, that's true. Very true. Not enough to get points, correct. Shit.
1: But correct. I'm going to make it easier for you and buzz in and go with the Mr. T six-man match. That
0: is incorrect. All right, Jane.
2: Clash 28. Field for you is a bit. Either Sting and Flare unification, Hogan Flare for a championship, or Sting and Flare versus somebody? Vader and Rude. Vader and Rude. 28, 28,
1: 28. Yeah, you're trying to find out if it's 93 or 94
2: now. Uh, <laughs> so you can choose between the two that are more. I'm probable. going to say. It was like 2021 was like 91, 92-ish. I'm going to say Hogan versus Blair.
0: That is correct. Ah, uh, the unification <laughs> match. That was
1: my first... Or it not the unification, be. sorry, yeah. My, my first thought was that it would be the unification match, but it wasn't. And I was like, well, Hogan... He, is he going to do it on Clash? That's
2: not a that pay per view.
0: Hogan's first, first WCW show. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense for it to give it to
2: give it to everybody. And bring them in. You just want free, and then no, not again. Cool. Yay.
0: Yeah. Next week, Bash at the Beach, nineteen
2: ninety six. Another big one. Yes. Slightly. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just maybe. Yes. We uh, like literally. I
0: was kind of like. Wow, that's like two shows that are like monumental, monumental in the yeah. history of wrestling, or like literally, like yeah, the, a week apart from each the other. The course of professional wrestling was changed within these two shows.
1: Yep, and it's like, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it uh, more next week. But yeah. if if uh, the second thing doesn't happen, like, <laughs> does 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 anything really happen?
2: Very but, very. Very possibly not. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So music from this week's show is the King of the Ring opening, and Shawn Michaels won our main event, so we play Sexy Boy by Jimmy Hart. Yeah. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns...
2: if How the hell are we going? We're going to Daytona Beach. If you know what people in Daytona Beach like to eat is there a, is there an a, a official nascar cocktail probably i have no idea i don't know nascar drivers off the top of my head so it's, i can't think yeah. if there's anybody that's from that area it's i mean just i know they've got Richard the daytona Petty. yeah it's just
1: drinking Petty. a uh, drinking a boiler maker and then using it as a dip dip can I'm sure there's like a
2: petticoat junction <laughs> or something like that drink but yeah like send us a message slide into our dm shoot us an email something say hey
0: But you can do that on our email at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Later.